It's not that bad podcast. I'm Fern here with Dom. Hey, yeah, I'm here. And I think what we really want to know, Dom. Yeah. So, obviously, in this age of clickbait, mm-hmm. where you have even even with like YouTubers that maybe you like or whatever, right? Yes. <clears throat> obviously, it's a normal practice to. Uh-huh. To have something where it's like, I was almost killed by a shark, not clickbait. And then you click on it and they go on a story of, yeah, I was swimming on vacation and the shark came and bumped bumped me and it freaked me out. And everyone's telling me to keep calm, etc. And like, when they're finding out that it's actually this type of shark that um, doesn't actually... Uh, have like big teeth and doesn't attack humans ever but still it was crazy and you're just like why the fuck did you put that in the fucking video as a title (laughs) and you know that you didn't almost die by a sharky so then now that stories and synopses and etc you know they're they're released a lot earlier than than really any footage or anything right do you think that those are always 100%? And the reason why I bring it up is because there I know there's been times in the past where people will talk about a movie coming out, right? And the synopsis or like the, you know, or just people talking about the story in general, they'll say, oh, well, so-and-so is supposed to be in here. Oh, this, whatever. And we've talked in the past about fan theories or whatever, and you start to kind of conjure up of like, yeah etc i was watching a review on uh godzilla which coming out next year whatever and someone brought up the fact that they read that um rodan is supposed to be a good guy but then as they review the footage he's very much not doing good guy stuff Mm -hmm. do studios put stuff out like that just as like a general hey this is what the movie's about or is it like Do they put it out before they actually get the movie going? Because I'm kind of confused on if it actually is a thing or not. Because so, like studios clickbaiting us? Yeah. Huh. Like with Cloverfield too. With Cloverfield, I feel like they give you a synopsis, but they don't give you the whole story because Mm -hmm. they want you to to go see it. Yeah, they want you to to really like oh, especially with especially with something like Cloverfield where they have like the whole. Uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, oh, ARG. Yeah, ARG. Yeah. Sorry, and that's kind of what brings people in because they obviously look that up. Are studios starting to kind of go that direction where they want to trick you out before you get to the movie? I think so because they're doing that with the trailers now too. Remember with oh well, you didn't see Infinity War, but in Infinity War's trailer they kind of did the same thing where they. They tricked everyone because they only showed certain stones that Thanos had. Yeah. Because by the end of it, when he's fighting to get the the last stone, the time stone, like, no, 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 not the last stone, the the second to last, the time stone, right? In the trailer, it made it seem like he only had the space and power, right? And like that was it. But then when you watch the film, it's like, oh no, he literally has all of them except for two. 
and they they basically they like the same thing they did with Thor, where they they CGI. Oh, yeah, his eye. They had his eye in there, and then what did they do in the movie? They turned it around, and they're like, nope, he lost his eye. Duh. So, but they did that with Deadpool too. They they filmed like alternate scenes with some of those characters so that they would throw people off. So when they killed them off in the movie, it would be like a huge surprise. So, are you kind of okay are you that? for it or are you against it? Um, I could see both sides. Like, I would say like I could see where it sucks because you you get you build this idea in your head where you're like, oh, so like that's where they got to stop him, right? And he doesn't have all the stones yet, so and that's probably going to be like the beginning of the film. But then it turns out no, like that's that's like <laughs> the end. Yeah. And like yeah, I could see where it's like, man, that's upsetting because it's not what I what I thought. But at the same time, like, hey, but then it did surprise you they did turn it around right isn't that what everyone's always complaining about is like they're not surprised by anything i think that's what i'm trying to get at because when the infinity war series came out they almost it seems like almost right away they're like no actually it's just one film it's only gonna be one film yeah and everyone's like how can it only be one film no it's just gonna be it's gonna be one film Mm -hmm. but now you know we're getting closer to it and it's like no obviously Thanos is gonna be a part of the second one and then it's like, oh, well, maybe, yeah, it's not going to be the Infinity War, but it's still going to be that same story. Mm-hmm. That kind of was like a, like a psych, <laughs> you know, get it. It's also a little bit disappointing, I would say. Okay. Because sometimes I feel like you want something so bad when it's finally offered to you, whether it's in a trailer or a synopsis or whatever. You get excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> or even like behind the scene footage where, yeah, you're right. They'll be like, oh, well, hey, Brad Pitt is filming for Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, well, I yeah. for that. And the whole time you're just like, where is he? Yeah. Oh, it was probably, oh, he's going to be at the end. Oh, he's going to be this character. And it's like, oh, no, he, yeah. he died. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. But um, I don't know. I guess I'm both here for it. And yeah. like, kind of frustrated about it. Yeah. Like, like for instance, it is kind of interesting to see what happens with Godzilla, mm. because you know you have something where it's this already kind of fantastic world, and then you have someone that's supposed to be a good guy, but really a bad guy because he's mm. a bad guy. But they're saying that he's a good guy. So now I'm going into it like, is he gonna be a bad guy or is he gonna be? A wild card like maybe he's not good maybe. or bad maybe he's just he's just chaos. fighting both of them yeah maybe he's just chaos maybe maybe he 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 is bad up until the end when uh what's his name king Ghidorah Ghidor. comes and like oh well this is something after you know and it's like oh then the monsters are like let's let's um transform power ranger monsters <laughs> go go monster rangers <laughs> No, but it's but it is like especially with me liking that whole shit like that whole shit of Godzilla whatever, I am really interested in it. And I was just wondering because when that was pointed out to me, I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, <clears throat> because mainly because like we're not gonna get Godzilla to next year. Yeah. But I just <laughs> it just got in my head of like, god damn it, like <laughs> what's gonna happen? Then I just started really thinking about it. So I was wondering two cents of like. What do you think about it? This is the fucking news. TV's first transgender superhero. Although I don't really like the like DC like TV shows, I will say like good on them. 
you know, like they're gonna have a a superhero in the Supergirl, and they they hired a actual transgender actress to play a transgender character. You know, so like, who's the character? Um, they haven't said which character. They just keep saying oh, it's TV's first transgender uh, superhero, but they don't really say who. I, it's gonna be in Supergirl. Um, but the actress, her name is uh, Nicole Maines. It's definitely news. You're like, that's that's good. But then you're like, but it's CW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. I'd rather have that on the CW uh, DC show than the f- fucking streaming website shows. Yeah. Bullshit, whatever they want to call them. Fan-made shows. Oh, nope. Here, I just found out which one it is. Uh, Dream Girl. That's the um, that's the character she's going to be playing. Yeah, it's co- it's cool because it's happening. It sucks that it is the, the DC TV show series. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, the fact that it is happening, I think, you know, is cool. And the one thing that I, it kind of is always irritating with stuff like this is... When you have the people on the other side of like, why does it matter if they're trans? Why do we have to have blah, blah, blah? Like, whatever, 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 right? <clears throat> I will say that our, just having representation matters. Like, that's what it's about. It's about representation. It's about having something there to represent, you know, either you or people you know or your family members just to make it more accessible. Yeah. And something that more people are willing to kind Embrace of, yeah, accept. kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of gaze on on normally as opposed to seeing as something alien. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, which is true. I mean, even even with me and knowing like who certain actors are who are Native American. Yeah, just because I know that they're the only really big actors who are Native American. You get you kind of get excited for it, right? Yeah, it's like when um, Guillermo del Toro won, and like he's like the third in like the past four years of directors who are Mexican to win like best director. Just for me, it just kind of feels like. And Mel Gibson's like, this is why we gotta send them home. Yeah, (laughs) even though he's not American. Trump that wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's representation that matters the most. Yes. Which people got to understand. I, I saw this post a couple of days ago, actually, where this mom was talking about her son who he's on the spectrum. They were like swimming or something. And so it goes, can I play with so-and-so? And the mom's like, um, yes, but, you know, whatever. Like, be careful. And the little girl's like, oh, I know. Um, I know how to treat so-and-so, whatever. And apparently... Whatever the whole situation was, because on Sesame Street, there's a character that's on the spectrum, spectrum. so she knows how to, like, actually <laughs> handle someone. <laughs> handle who... someone, you know. And this is a kid. Yeah, knows how to handle someone on, you know, on that on the spectrum. So, like, even stuff like that, where it's like, obviously, this shit matters. Yeah. So when, huh? When you treat people like humans, it matters. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, who would have <laughs> <who> thought? <laughs> Um, no, I'm like reading her Wikipedia page, and she, did you know she was? So there's this case called Doe v. Clen- Clenchy. When Maines mm-hmm. was in elementary school, 
the gra- her grandfather. Oh no, the grandfather of a classmate complained about Means using the girls' washroom. Following that incident, she was barred from using the female washroom and forced to use the staff washroom. Maines and her family sued the school district, claiming the school was discriminating against her. In June 2014, the Maine Supreme Court, uh, Judicial Court, ruled that the school violated um, the Human Rights Act, or the school district did, and prohibited the district from barring transgendered students against, or access to bathrooms consistent with their gender identity, and her family was uh, awarded $75,000. Hell yeah. Where's that at? That was in Maine. Hell yeah. Take that, Maine. Yeah. Like I said, good for her. Awesome that she's in this major role representing, you know, um, a community that is barely getting, I would say barely getting their footing in in Hollywood right now. Mm -hmm. And anyone that has a problem with it could fuck off because (laughs) it's not a problem. Like, that's that's the weird part is like, then this is a problem there no. are problems in hollywood yeah and the, like representation for you know uh, black actors and writers and directors or trans people or gay roles or any of this like equality shit that's not the problem <laughs> the problem is a lot of rapey stuff <laughs> <laughs> So that's where you should be worried about. That's that's like the number one thing we've always talked about on this podcast. I almost say we will never stop talking about this <laughs> podcast. Okay. So, um, a new renaissance? I guess. So Stephen King's uh, other book, From a View of Kate, um, is going to be made into a movie also. Um, and I know that the past few years, like, We've seen like more and more of his like short stories or novels or novellas produced for um, films like Gerald's Game, it like nineteen twenty was it nineteen twenty two, and now this and then it's getting another sequel. I think oh Castle Rock is coming out soon, and yeah, yeah with Scarsgar. Yeah, he's gonna be in it. He's just gonna be some kind of creep or something. But like I like. What I, from everything I see for the trailers for Castle Rock, it looks like it's going to incorporate like this kind of greater Stephen King universe, like the one that I was telling you. Like that'd be so cool if they did it. You mean like um, the Dark Tower movie should have done? Yeah, but like they're doing it better on Hulu because they got J.J. Abrams to do it. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it. So you think that <clears throat> this is the the renaissance of Stephen King? Stephen King. I think so. What about Steven Spielberg? I don't know. Did you see Ready Player One? What about Steven Spielberg doing Stephen King? I don't know. That'd be kind of dumb. It would just be like the Goonies, but Stephen King. Oh, wait. That's it. Never mind. Exactly. <laughs> One of the greatest movies that ever exist. Ever. Goonies or it? Goonies. Oh. <laughs> um, I could see that. I think we've talked about it before where it seems like maybe once every dozen years or so, (laughs) like a lot of, like, I don't think he, the one thing is, I don't think he ever disappears. No. That's the one thing is, I don't think he's ever going to dis, well, unless he dies. Well. But even then. Well, then. But I think like as, as taking from his work, Mm. I think it's, you know, once every so-and-so that it happens. And yeah, you're right. Like you can. 
you can, I would say in the last even three years, you can't go to Hulu, Netflix, or movie theaters without knowing something about Stephen King. Yeah, <laughs> because it's yeah. all there. I mean, even um, look at oh, um, eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah. I, I would say that really that good. might have started the whole like, yeah. hey, let's keep doing more of this. Yeah, because they went out of their way to be like, let's make this. Sure, the there's some differences, but yeah. like it is it is a good like adaption of the of that book. I mean, because I mean, you, there's a lot of things you got to change for it because obviously you can't put a lot of things that he writes into. It's kind of like with George Lucas, where yes, as a as like. Like, as an idea man, you're good. Like, on paper, it sounds good. But then when you start trying to say this, you get the prequels, and you're like, ah, why? <laughs> but then also, I was thinking um, they're going to do a sequel to The Shining, which is because he made a sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep. Yeah. And they're going to make that into an adaption. So it's like, but is it a, is it an adaption of the book, or is it a sequel to the movie The Shining that you're calling Dr. Sleep? You know what? That'd actually be really interesting because you're right. I think that's a part where you have to admit that the film is probably more iconic than the book by now. Yeah. Which, you know, say what you will about, you know, oh, oh well, the book's better or whatever, right? It's just that movie became so iconic. Yeah. That it's, it's not like, taken away from the book. Yeah, it's like apples and oranges. They're like, they're both good, but. But oranges are obviously better. <laughs> but yeah, do people want to see the the continuation of the movie as a sequel, or do they just want an this, adaption? Yeah, of the, the adaption book. of the book as which is, a sequel, which is a sequel to the book, not a sequel to the movie. Yeah, because there's things in the movie that there's a lot of things that that's, what, that's what I was changed. gonna say. I I, I feel like. <clears throat> There's so much that changed that you could technically... I mean, I think you could give a sequel and it still be a sequel. And the and the, the crazy thing, though, is because there's a lot of things that he changed that, like, in the sequel to the book, they bring up... They don't bring up that they changed it, but they it comes back into play. So things that happened in the first... So there's things that you can't do... In the second movie, if you're making a sequel to The Shining, the movie, if you're making an adaption, you have to you have to literally be like, okay, guys, so these are the events that happened in The Shining that actually happened, and, like, Dick Holleran, he doesn't die. Like, in the movie, he dies. Spoiler, I guess, for a movie that came out in 1980. So he's still alive, right? But then he dies, like, later, I guess, because he's old. He helps him. He helps Danny because then, like, Danny grows up, and this is like when he's like older and stuff. But there's things in them. The book is like it's it's a good read. Like it's a good like it's a good book, right? But there's a lot of it that you're like, this can't be a movie, because a lot of it is like him in his head, like remembering this, remembering that, dealing with alcoholism, and then like even the scene, the stuff with like the the like the main villains because they don't even come into play really until the very end. Me personally, I think it should be an adaption of the book, but change certain things to where it makes sense as a movie. I think what they should do is they could, should kind of run down what happened in The Shining. Like, m make it so it's its own thing. Kind of like, so like, maybe Danny, like, because 
It's supposed to start off when he's oh, in like his. I get it. Like imagine there was never, imagine there was never Stanley Kubrick's yeah, The Shining or Shining Stephen movie, King's The Shining or yeah, yeah the the TV movie or yeah. nothing like that where it's just this story that had a prequel that's called well, the first the, one. Shine. No, yeah. like, yeah, no, yeah, like yeah, no, the, no, the story is yeah, the first movie. Yeah, yeah, but this one has a prequel to it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. and the prequel is actually a book called The Shining. You ever heard of it? It's pretty good. <laughs> <clears throat> but like, he's running through it. Maybe like when he's down on his like when he's like so into like alcoholism and then this and that and like all that, right? And like maybe he's running through like the crazy shit that happened to him as a kid, and then you know, and then you get into the story like that, right? Because it does, it does start off when he's, I think, like, um, I think he's like in his late thirties or something, maybe like his mid to late thirties, and he's remembering back to when Dick taught him how to like use the Shining and like what to do with, because he kept seeing like the specter, right, following him, and like how to like lock it away in his mind. Spoiler alert: it comes back towards the end. It's see, it's like there's things that like Stephen King comes up with that it's like when you're reading it, it sounds fine, but when you're but as like a, a film, it just you're like, how do you make that into like how do you make that into a film? Like how do you show somebody this? You know, now that you say that, I think that is probably the best route because if you go about it as a second part to the movie then it's just going to have something drag on that's not going to fully pay off. And then people because, are going to be like, where's Jack Nicholson? Yeah, because people people like The Shining as a movie, as a sequel. It's like, where are you going to go where people are still going to be interested in it, right? Because I yeah. don't think people will be. Mm-hmm. And if you, do a, uh, if you do a straight adaption of the book, as opposed to, like, as it being a sequel to the book... I think there will still be a lot of people interested in it, but then there's also going to be those people that are going to say, well, that's not, I don't want this. I want The Shining. Yeah. I want The Shining too. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. I think you're right. I think if you started off, I think if you just give all of these their separate footings, mm. I think I think that's the best way to go about it. I think if you do this as not The Shining too, but as... Uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, as Doctor Sleep, that you know that it's a story pertaining to The Shining that you can have in the movie, but it's not. It's not Steven Spiel or <laughs> Stephen King. Stephen King's. It's not Stanley Kubrick's. It's Steven Spielberg's Shining. Oh, okay. Because he's actually going to direct this one. Oh, good. I think that is probably the best way because it gives something familiar. The Shining. Mm. It gives something brand new, this the, the sequel. But it all makes it one bundle where you're not having to go back to the you're not having to go back to the movie and say, well, that's different. It's like, yeah, because it's not it's not it's not part it's not the second part to the movie. And <clears throat> you're still be you're still able to tell a story without having people talk about the the the, the book version. Because it's more about the story that's happening now. Yeah, I think that's probably is the best way to go about it. Yeah. Who is America? So, Sasha Baron Cohen's um, newest TV show that's on uh, Showtime, Who is America? Uh, it's had two episodes, and already it's stirred up a lot of like people on one side or another side like angry at it. But I guess like the, the, this is the second episode, barely. Barely the second episode, but I guess that these um, people or there are people who are requesting this Georgia 
lawmaker to step down because he was in in this most ridiculous segment. But it's just crazy what these people like do when you when you tell them like, hey, this is what this is for, right? And you, you're yes, I and you can say to a certain extent like he is duping them by. But then, but, but then again, they're falling for it. Because, like I told you, with Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders didn't fall for it because he's a rational person. He didn't fall for it. He's like, no, that doesn't make what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Yeah, dumb. But he's a communist. Okay? Oh, that's right. He's gonna take away rights anyway. Yeah, that's true. But then it was funny because he, as that one character I was telling you about for the that he's like part of NPR, he came here to Kingman, Arizona, and. He's like in front of like a he called together like a like a like a city meeting, right? He's like, "How would you guys like to, you know, get more money invested in the city?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, like we're all for it. Like millions and millions of do- maybe even billions of dollars invested into your city." And they're like, "Yeah, you know, you know, and help, you know, stimulate the local economy, this and that." And they're like, "Yeah, we're all for it." Like and they're all white. Every all every single one of them is white. He's like, okay. So what we're what we're thinking about doing is, and for developing, and we're gonna put up is a um, this mosque in the middle of the town, and we'll they're gonna pay for it's gonna be all paid for, and it's gonna bring. And they're like, what? No, we don't want no terrorists here. Like literally straight up, they they just flat out were saying like, we don't want them people here. We. We don't. We already have black people here, and we. It's not that we hate them, but we already have to tolerate them. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh God! It just goes to show you, like, yeah, yeah sounds like is, Kingman. But it's just like it, I love like that Sasha Baron Cohen's back because like we've loved him since he's like um, Ollie G, and then Barat, and then <laughs> Dictator. <A> dictator. <laughs> Or even, I forgot about this, but the Brothers Grimsby. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> good, I'm glad he's here to like show America, like, this is what you guys are. Gift of new. Gift of old. Bless the righteousness. Guide my hand. Against the darkness. My final stand. Barbara. I want to get to know you a little bit more. Do you have many friends? What about your sister? I play your dragons or whatever if you ask me to. That would be hilarious. What are you doing? What's it for? There's some serious stuff going down. I find giants. I hunt giants. I kill giants. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Dark omens are totally cool. A giant comes to a place and takes everything from you. And when it's done, it's like anything that made your life good was never even there. Giant's not real. Then why are you sweating? I Kill Giants takes after the graphic novel of the same name. It is written by co-author Joe Kelly and with the help of Anders Walter directing. They bring the story of a young giant slayer and follow her quest to rid her town of the giants. The film follows Barbara, played by Madison Wolf, a young teen whose main focus, both at home and at school, is to rid her town of giants. But with her sister Karen, played by Imogene Poots, struggling to keep Barbara in line, and her counselor, Mrs. Mole, played by Zoe Zaldana, trying hard to understand her. 
She's left alone to do what no one else can do, fight off giants. That soon starts to change as Sophia, played by Sidney Wade, starts to become friends with Barbara and is taught of her giant hunting ways. It's not an easy way of life, as not only does Barbara deal with all that portains to giants, but she has school bullies, teachers who annoy her, her sister who doesn't quite get her, and now a best friend to protect. If it wasn't enough already, Barbara starts to see all that is happening around and suspects that huge danger lies closer than she thought and starts to double down on the giant hunting. As Barbara and Sophia's friendship starts to grow, Sophia is left often confused and at times frightened of what Barbara has to say and what she does in order to track the giants. As the giant hunting grows more intense, Barbara is confronted by her school bully often and Miss Mole trying to pry her away in Barbara's personal life. It seems like it all comes to a clash. Not only does she lash out and strike Miss Mole, but she does the same to Sophia, who in a fit of confusion aligned herself with Barbara's bullies and end up jumping her at her secret hideout. After the incident, Barbara decides to get ready for the final battle. But unbeknownst to her, Mrs. Mole and Sophia both find out the truth behind Barbara and her mother's sickness. It comes out Barbara has been dealing with her mother's sickness by making up a fight against Giants, who are the rivalry baseball team of the Phillies, her mother's favorite baseball team. And Barbara's fear of seeing her mother in her state makes her avoid going up to the second floor to where her mother resides. But even when confronted with this information, Barbara still insists on having one more battle against the Titan Giant, who's coming from the sea. After the fight, Barbara states that her win means that the giant can't take her mother away. But she comes to terms that no matter what, she cannot save her mother. So faced with reality, Barbara goes to her mother, reconciles with her, and embraces the fate that bestows her mother and their family. After having a great summer with Sophia and her mother, she reflects on all that has brought her to this point. And after the burial of her mother and one last talk with the Titan giant, Barbara is able to have a happy life. I Kill Giants? That's the film we watched. Uh, Are you asking? Let me say it again then. I Kill Giants is the film that we watched this week. What'd you think? I liked it a lot. Yeah. You know what? I had this movie when I was like 10, 11, 12. Mm. I'd I'd love it. Yeah. But now I'm in my late 20s. I fucking hate it. They can all get wrecked. (laughs) Man, I was just waiting till the end. Where I'm like, yeah, yeah, drop her down there. Yeah, six feet under. Cool. And then I was like, oh no, I don't really feel that way. <clears throat> no. <laughs> so when I when I first heard about this film, I knew that it was like a graphic novel, movie, whatever, right? <clears throat> but I didn't see anything. I didn't even know what the story was. I was just like, okay, whatever. They do that all the time. Yeah, and then the more it goes on, whatever I heard about it like a few months ago, and there and it was like in in one of those oh our top five five like favorite like um like underground hits or like unknown hits or whatever mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and I knew that Zoe Zoe Saldana was in it, so I was like oh yeah, and it's supposed to be like kind of this weird like magical but still a little bit like like almost horror-esque kind of movie yeah. so i was like okay I, i'd be interested in that but like most movies that happen like that just kind of fell to the wayside like i didn't really <laughs> pay much attention of when it's coming out or yeah. anything like that then i was flipping through hulu and i saw it and i was like hey that's that that's that movie 
and I, I, you know, clicked on to like watch later, or whatever. <clears throat> so when we're talking about watching a movie for the week, I that's what I suggested because I, it's like, hey, this movie's gonna be good. And I gotta admit, <laughs> I didn't think I'd get this movie, but I very much like this movie. Yeah, I really I th- liked it a lot too. I think it had a lot in there. <clears throat> Even someone like me, who <laughs> I would say is fairly far removed from the story <laughs> i still enjoyed it for what i got like yeah. it's it's an awesome movie and i mean it's it's a great portrayal of like mental illness too like it just shows goes to show you like yeah sometimes you think your like bone hammer thing that you made is this big old lightning hammer that basically can call down thunder and kill giants i thought for a moment she was actually on the spectrum uh-huh it seems like that's where they were going. Uh-huh. And it kind of made sense too. I mm. I just thought it was more of like like a like a, a a humanizing version of it. Um then it starts to go on and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> now she's going crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> and that and two like I like also what they do is they 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 mess with you as they make you think like wait so is it going to turn out to be real are these going to turn out to be because there was a point where the um, Sophia goes into the woods chasing after her when she's in like the train cars doesn't she like falls into like a puddle and it's like a big hole so yeah. I thought oh shit so like, wait are the like giants maybe a foot yeah so I was like so is, <clears throat> are the giants real but then then you you keep going and you're like oh no she's just She's just crazy. I mean, actually, really up until the end. Yeah, until the end, you never really uh, know. The, the you're, whole, you're still like... The whole radio thing he's talking about. Yeah, no one knows why this storm happened. And, yeah. Like, there's no like science to behind like why this kind of storm would happen. It hasn't it never, happened in decades. Yeah. And But one thing that I, I really enjoyed about this is on the surface, it's just about this little girl who's... Or this young lady, yes, who's kind of in this world of like, oh yeah, giants and whatever, and you think like, oh, are they real? Are they aren't? You know, staying with her friends and her family and whatever, right? But it also had like a horror element to it, uh-huh. like you know, obviously the horror here was more of dealing with death than yeah. it was like actual demons <laughs> but still like they had a lot of there were a lot of parts in it that definitely made you feel like this could be this could have turned into a horror movie of some sort especially with the written different those the harbingers yeah like those things Which are i really like too because i like those they're, a lot they're like practical effects mixing with special effects yeah. one thing that this movie definitely didn't um have is that I, I consider it like the indie film look mm-hmm. where, <clears throat> sure, it looks nice or whatever, etc. And obviously, it's a more independent release, etc. Yeah. But sometimes those films, uh, they take me out of what's happening because it's very amateur-ish. Which is fine if that's what you're getting. But when you kind of see people like Zoe Saldana... Or um, or even what's her name? Um, Imogene Poots or whatever. Yeah. Like w- when you see those characters, you kind of expect something better production, and that's and that's what you get here. You get something that's really well done. I mm-hmm. love the fact that most of the movie it's very 
grim. It's very, you know, uh, gray and kind of, you know, overcast. And it's just, that's kind of like the look you get through the whole movie. Mm. Um, I didn't expect it to have <laughs> that much heart. <laughs> I know. It. Especially because when you get, and let's just say a spoiler, but when you get to Honestly. the to the end of the film and you learn like oh it's because she's dealing with all this like traumatic stuff and her mom which I thought like her parents were just flat out dead through the whole movie until like towards the end when I was like oh that's what it is because remember her friend did see something in the room and I was like so does that mean it's real but it's no it's her mom and it's like it feels earned at the end yeah when when she goes in there to see her mom finally after defeating the titan and like laying down with her mom i was like yeah this this feels like the movie earned this scene where you finally get to see because you never saw the mom until then you you've, you and this big reveal is just that she's sick and like that this really has been her dealing with the mom's illness technically you saw a little bit earlier because there's that picture oh well that's true so technically you're wrong, Don. Cool, thank you. I love being technically wrong. But yeah, no, you're right. It definitely is like, it's more earned than it's given. Because there's stories where you know this is kind of where it's going to end up. Yeah. Right? And there was even a point of the movie where I actually thought the little girl was going to die. Up until, I thought so, too. Up until that point, like, well... Pretty much to- towards the middle and end of the movie, I thought this little girl is going to die. Whether or not it's like her killing herself or an incident, I feel like she's going to die. Then like once it gets towards that ending of like the storm coming, I'm like, holy shit, she's going to die. Yeah. Like That's how the story is going to end. She's going to die. And then I was like, oh, yeah, they just killed her. She's dead. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And then they had to go on and bring her back up because it has to be a happy ending almost. So I I really love that and and you get all the way to the end. You're right where she finally comes in. She goes to her mom and then she I guess becomes normal again. Yeah, I mean as normal as normal could be. Yeah, but um, yeah, I totally didn't see any of that stuff coming. I, I mean you hint at it of. When you look back, you're like, obviously. For instance, I I understood that upstairs had a significance because you know the yeah, whole like. And then when she remember when she came out from the basement, she like looked up there, but she didn't like look all the way, and it was like the sound. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, what's up? there? Which that was actually her mom calling her, and not you know. I thought it was just I. Th- what I thought it was is that upstairs is where her parents slept, and that's what. Yeah. That's why she didn't want to go up there because it reminds her of like her parents, which technically. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, like, no, it's her mom was calling her that whole time. And yeah. It's just like, wow. Okay. That's, see, like, that's cool. And it's just kind of, like, messed up, too, because it's like, man, she just didn't want, she literally did not want to deal with her mom's illness yeah. to the point where she's like, I'm going to start creating this whole fantastical world. Yeah, no. Um, I just, I thought this movie was really well done. I really like the story. It's a, it's a, when you're watching it, like, let's say you get through a third of the movie and I'm like, yeah, this is a really good heartfelt story. I think you look at me and you're like, the fuck are you watching? Oh, I killed giants. (laughs) (laughs) What? Especially because really, like I said, the whole movie kind of has a, it kind of has like a, uh, almost like horror-esque suspense to it where she's crazy and she's saying things where she's like, 
oh, I'm gonna kill you, and yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'll end your life and stuff like or that. You're, when when she goes to Zoe Saldana's house and she's like, oh, you're yeah. all gonna, you're or she's gonna, gonna die. die, you're all gonna die, yeah. and she runs away. So no, come back. Dad, the 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 uh, husband's like, what did she say? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and but then at the end, you just get like this really like oh moment. Yeah, I mean like. I was like a little like teary eyed about oh. like her going to see her mom. And I was. I was like, I'm a man. I don't cry. <laughs> no. Um. But yeah, you're right. Like this is a good example of something that pays off, and it pays off so well. Yes. Because the whole movie, it once it even starts moving to that point where you know that this is something she's dealing with. You don't know exactly how it's gonna end. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I thought she was gonna die, <clears throat> and then that was gonna be something that brought everyone together. <clears throat> and then you're thinking, oh well, now it's like her mom or whatever. Then you're thinking maybe her mom's gonna live up even till the end, where you you they both tell you like there's no way that this is because the whole giant scene where she, she was like, so you're saying that. I can't save my mom. And the giant's like, no, you stupid girl. You're making this up right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that that whole time, they're kind of telling you that, like, this is not going to turn out well. Yeah. But at the end, like, you're thinking, like, oh, everything's good. She's in class with her best friend. And she's smiling. And she has her Phillies jacket. And everything's okay. Then it's like... Oh, are you ready? And you're thinking like, oh, something's bad happening at the hospital. It's like, no, no. she's burying her mom right yeah. there. And it's like, holy shit. And it's like, no, she's only got like a few hours to live. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god. And then like, I, but also too, it's like it goes to show you how much the character changed when instead of her like just starting to cry or something, she asked the the guidance counselor like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. like are are you good? And that little girl, which I, apparently she was in the Conjuring. She was in The Conjuring? That's what I said. As who? As that girl in The Conjuring. Oh, yeah. I remember that girl in The Conjuring. <laughs> um, what a great, like, just main character. Yeah. Because the, cause really you get, the, you get this character and you're buying into this character. That's how she is. That's just how she is. Like, you know, she's just troubled and she has, you know, these, like, mental problems or whatever, right? But at the end, it's like, yeah, she's... She is the same, but she's not. I, I don't know. Like, that change is so different between the girl that she was in the beginning of the movie and the girl that she is at the end. It's like I'm willing to accept that <clears throat> there's such a big change there because she really did have to deal with something really big, like losing her mom. And so, yeah, I I really like this movie. It was, a, it, was a, it was a really good movie. It's definitely... This is definitely a movie I feel like we wouldn't... We, we would pass on because... I think our go-to is like, hey, check out something like horror. Let's check or out something comedy. like, you know, comedic. And then every once in a while we'll throw in like this random, you know, drama or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, if it's if it was one of those movies I found when I was like a like a pre-teen, you know, tween era, I think it'd be a movie that like, I'd be really like my like. favorite movie, yeah. like one of my favorite movies. Yes. But even now, being old... I can watch this movie and be like, this is such a good movie. Yeah, like, a good movie. This is a movie that I'd want my sister or my nephews to, to watch, watch because I think they'd like it. It's something funny and like the characters are quirky and there's, you know, some like, like I said, very dark elements in it. 
but it's still something like you know very real very serious so yeah i i, I genuinely love this movie the cast is great um good so good i mean look at like i said like zoe zoe saldana's in it and she technically got <laughs> i would say overcast by like the main actress yeah Today's segment is going to be about digging up the past. We've talked about social media before, but this time let's look at something that has come up recently. Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn is out um, at Disney due to old tweets um, from years ago that made light of rape and pedophilia. Um, one re- what, or one tweet read, I like when little boys touch me in my silly place. And then another one read, the best thing about being raped is when you're done being raped. And it's like, whew, this feels great. <laughs> Not being raped. Uh, studio, the Disney studio chairman said, the offensive attitudes and statements discovered on James's Twitter feed are indefensible and inconsistent with our studio's values. And we have uh, severed our business relationship with him. Now it seems that uh, Dan Harmon's past sketch, Daryl, a parody of Dexter, um, that shows the lead character, played by Harmon, traveling back in time and attempting to stop modern serial killers by sexually assaulting them when they were babies. Harmon simulates the rape of a baby in the video using a doll. Adult Swim has gone the opposite way of Disney and not fired Harmon, but still acknowledged his poor judgment, right? Now, Roseanne is upset that people are coming out to defend Gunn and call for Disney to hire him back, uh, along with, like, other, like, Dave Bautista, um, Zoe Saldana, um, Chris Pratt. They've all come in his defense saying, you know, like, those are older things. Like, why are you firing him for this? Now, should we really judge these people for tweets or media that they said years ago? How is it different from what Roseanne said, though, more recently, right? Should they be forgiven just because they're popular, or should they be chastised for anything they've done? When do you draw a line saying this is when we can judge them from? Um, <clears throat> when they're either Republican or Democrat. Doesn't <laughs> oh, okay. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. First off, I would say... Disney's in their right to fire whoever, whenever. Because they're business. They want, right? Yeah. Um, I will say that I do... I'm on the side of both parties. Yeah, me too. Uh, the, I'll get out of the way. With Roseanne, it's that she's still saying this stuff. Yeah. There's, not, there's a difference I just, between... I just... Because... No, I'm... I want to be able to say from both sides. Yeah. Is that... <clears throat> She, they fired her because of shit that she said. Yeah. They fired Gunn because of shit that he said. The difference is, is that she's still saying this shit. Mm-hmm. Like she walked back her apology. Yeah. She was like, well, I yeah, thought she was I white. said it, <laughs> but whatever. This is stuff that he did in the past. And it's hard for me. It is hard for me to judge someone like that because we've all been there. Like, mm-hmm. With especially with our like really fucked up sense of humor, it's easy to kind of see this stuff yeah. and laugh because we know that it's not real. At least we hope that it's not real. Yeah. Like I, I'm genuinely in the camp that I don't think he actually has been raped multiple times or likes to rape multiple people. Mm-hmm. 
but I could be wrong. Yeah. And if I am, then I'll admit it. <clears throat> but I would say that he probably had it and has not. Um, so when I see something like this, it is it is something where it's like, so you're saying, <clears throat> here's my big thing, is that <clears throat> everyone says that all this stuff is problematic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's all these stigmas about feeling certain ways and doing certain things, and that once you did it, it seems like that's what you're labeled as, as always, right? Yeah. But then the same crowd are people who say that we need change, people need to change. But if you're always going to label someone something, how do you expect them to ever change? Like, so are you, and I think we've talked about this before. Do you ever really not care about that change? Yeah. Are you more of just throwing them to the wolf pack as, as yeah. opposed to like giving them like the democracy of whether or not it's right or wrong? Yeah. And I think that's kind of more of where this kind of pops in. Don't get me wrong. I get I get why he got fired, and it's upsetting that he got fired. And technically, it is his fault that he did get fired. I mean, no one told him well, to go on Twitter in and order say these to, things. In order to better see, like, how those tweets came up, it was more... See, and this is my problem with, like, people who consider themselves alt-right, is where... They they want so hard to be like, we're we're why are we getting crucified for this? Like look at what these people said too, because it was an alt right. I think yeah, I know uh, blogger right or something, yeah. or and he's the one who said it, and it's like who brought it out and was like, this is what he said, and it's like, but why are you playing politics that bad that you're like, well now we need to get everyone fired for everything they say when you fire just because you fire someone for expressing their own god given opinion about like black people. It's like because their opinion's terrible and trash, and yet like this person who, and like like you said, like for all intents and purposes, I mean, could have he literally just was joking, and then that was probably the attitude at the time where, you know, people were just like, oh yeah, ha ha, rape, funny. I mean, look how long ago that was, and like now, like that that's not taken as a joke anymore. Yeah, Be- because society changes. Yeah. Even some of these, even some of these quote unquote great comedians, they've had problematic skits in their past. Yeah. But are you always gonna judge? Are you always gonna judge Eddie Murphy because he used to he used he used to use like gay slurs and stuff and in, in his um in his stand up and it's like okay, but back in the day, like the I say the LGBTQ community was so small and everyone was so um afraid and yeah, afraid and, and and just like didn't really give a shit much about it that yeah. saying those words didn't mean much. Like you mm-hmm. could say those words and for everyone else it's normal, but for this small group it it hurt. Yeah. But now we're in 2018 where people know what those words mean now. And so when you do say them, you know exactly what you're saying, and it has, uh, it has heavier weight to it now. Yeah. Let's say Eddie Murphy was doing stand up now, and he did the same type of skits. Yeah. Then you could crucify him because he's still he that know. way. Yeah. yeah. He should. Like, he should, he know. should know. better. And that's. And I think that's where that. If if you want to have a conversation, why? What like someone said something? Why does this matter? When I said something, this matter? I do believe it's it's like. It's in the context of, like, what's happening yeah. now. It's like those people who complain, like, how come rappers can say the N-word, but I can't say the N-word? It's like, well, one, you're white, <laughs> and two, 
do you, why do you You're like white. why do you yeah <laughs> like why do you feel the need to say it like is there a reason why you want to say it that bad like that you're getting offended that they're saying yeah <clears throat> but see it's it's one thing where let's say 16 year old you yeah constantly said it right because mm-hmm. you're like yeah 50 cents my favorite rapper he's the hardest yo unit yeah that was me but now like 20 late 20 year old you it's like Oh yeah, no, I'm not supposed to say that because like there's all this like racial kind of heat that goes towards saying that word that yeah, yeah. it's something that the community has brought into into like their vocabulary as like is almost like a, t- a term of endearment that yeah. even in the community it's there's split between people that should say it and shouldn't say it, right? Yeah. And now that you know, being that young kid, you know, you, you're stupid. Yeah, you you didn't know the full weight of it now you do and if you were to keep using it then yeah sure okay now you know what you're doing but 16 year old you didn't know you know for sure what you're doing and that's where i would say that stuff like that is okay there's been it's not just um it's not just this james gunn thing or roseanne thing if you really look in the past couple years this has been a pretty big topic of like youtubers of yeah. like creators of all sorts I mean sorts. like look at PewDiePie well, that's something we um, we had a discussion about because it's like do you chastise these people for something that like the same kind of humor that you laugh at like he'd say something and it's like other people are like oh well that's anti-semitic or this and that and whatever right yeah even though that is the point yeah and the whole point of it is like to be like a, the shock value. That's why it's funny, right? And we've because we've always said like this kind of weird, like out there kind of sense of humor. That's the kind of sense of humor we like. And we talked about how like it's getting pulled more into like the mainstream. But like there's still things out there that like people are not gonna not gonna like. Yeah. So th- th- and that's honestly that's why I'm saying it's hard for me to really judge this whole situation because. I can come off of it saying he's probably just joking because yeah. we've just joked about that before because we've been young and dumb and we've thought like all oh, this shit is hilarious. And sometimes we still laugh at it because of the context that's given to us. It becomes hilarious. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and we know it's wrong. And we, and that's the whole, that's the whole thing is like, we know it's fucked up. We know it's wrong. That's just our sense of humor. Yeah. <clears throat> so when someone's coming out, and and if it's not like it's not like these these are from last year, you know. No, it's not like he. It's not like it's something that he did when he was making Guardians of the Galaxy. No, which that would be completely different. Yeah, that, that would be like. But you knew what you were saying then, obviously. Yeah. And I'm not. And by no means am I saying that he should get a pass because he mm-hmm. said it. It's like, well, it's no, because it's James Gunn. So like, he was totally fine. It's like, no, I get it. If. If I'm going to say something, whether or not it's in the past or in the present, then you have to take you have to take responsibility for that no yeah. matter what. Right. So just like if I were to write a script that I wrote when I was 16, that's very offensive and, and very homophobic. It's like, OK, I admit that what I did was wrong, but that was me when I was a kid. Like, I, you know. Yeah, I knew what I was doing, but I thought it was I thought it was it more of a, a funny context as opposed to like a hurtful story than anything, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you want to chastise me about that today, 
I'd have to accept it because it's like, well, I did write it. You yeah. Know? Oh, like I didn't mean to write it, but you did write it. And if you wanted to say, oh, well, because you wrote the story, I don't feel like I want to do the podcast with you. I'd be like, that's understandable because of, you know, what I did. And you don't have to you don't have to put your name next to mine, even though you know that what I did was just me being young and stupid. And that's what it was like. No, you have that right. Just like Disney has that right to even though they might know like, oh, well, yeah, I know he didn't do it, but. We can't go easy now if this change is already occurring. Well, literally, they if they if they didn't do it to him, they would get more backlash. I think because then they'd say that's favoritism. It's just because he's he he leans left or he's very liberal. Because you know those stupid like all writers would be like, well, what about Roseanne? Give her her job back then. Because it's it's ABC, it's Disney, it's yeah. all the same company. So you know they have to do it to both. They can't. They can't do it to one or the other. Then that's just picking and choosing. Like, oh well, they, well he aligns though with our politics. Yeah, I really want to. I guess this more comes down to like whether people or not, whether or not it's a, something where you can, where you can forgive. Is this all about a witch hunt, or are you willing to forgive Roseanne for her mistakes that she made? That's true. Does it matter that she said that stuff now? And you're willing to forgive her? Does it matter that James Gunn said that stuff back in the day and you're willing to forgive him? Mm-hmm. Or did that person blacklist themselves as soon as they even talked about it? I feel like it just comes out that even when something like this happens, then someone else falls and like, oh, well, they were a big pro- proponent of this and look at them now. And it's like, yeah, probably because everyone was shitty at one point or another. Yeah. Very little what I say. Like my, my, my older sister, not my oldest my older sister okay i would say she's fairly pure so (laughs) she would have no problem you know casting a stone if she would want to yeah but let's say like my brother or me or my mom or my grandma or my cousin or my (laughs) other cousin or my auntie or my uncle or majority of my friends it's like we've all done said and just been shitty people in the yeah. past. And not and sometimes it's not even meant to be shitty. It's just kind of who we were back then or, you know, at one point or another. So, I guess it's in I guess I want to see what happens after the fact. I want to see what happens with James Gunn. Do people forget are people going to forgive him? Is he always going to be blacklisted? Does the fact that something occurred more present uh, affect the way you feel about the person? Does the fact that something happened in general affect the way you feel about that person? Do you ever really think that someone can be forgiven? Or do you think that they could ever change? Or is that something you even want? Is that something anyone really wants? I guess that's more of like... I'm more interested to see what happens come years from now. I mean, do you just get off of Twitter then? Because that's why um, Michael Rooker did when when this all came out. Because in support of James Gunn, he was like, you know, I can't believe like this. And like you're digging up like people's like past tweets and this and that. And he's like, I'm just I'm done with Twitter. And he just left. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying. I, like, I wonder how everything kind of comes out after this. I don't know. It's a it's a it's an interesting climate that we're in. So it a 
it'll be really interesting to see what happens after maybe a few years of like what really occurred now how much weight it has then because yeah. I do like I said I, I I am about I am more about like what's happening now because a lot more is coming up and coming out and I feel like there's more there's more confidence being thrown out of people who maybe at one point couldn't talk about this you know maybe yeah. I mean who knows we could honestly have a slew of people come out and say yeah, well, actually, James Gunn, like, he used to make these jokes about, you know, to me all the time. Or, like, oh, yeah, there's a point where he was, like, touching me inappropriately, whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Or it could just be all something that he joked about. And But it is, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future because mm. sometimes it is easy. Sometimes it feels like this climate we're in is just more of just casting stones as opposed to, like, actually figuring out what is the problem. Uh, of just seeing someone who's problematic or or even st- even stuff like um or even like Mark Duplis uh, I guess a couple of days ago or weeks ago he posted something on Twitter saying that um oh man what's his name uh oh my was it Mike Shapiro is that that dude the internet dude I think so he's like oh um I think people should at least like listen to Mike Shapiro or hear him out because he's he's a good guy like even though we're on the opposite spectrum of like politics he was someone that reached out to me in like my darkest times just to reach out to me whatever and i think people should at least give him like a a a chance to speak right and he and that was coming out of something i would say that's more that's more being like heartfelt like even though he knows that they're different and that they're not the same person. He yeah. was like, hey, you know, at least just hear him out because it's like, you know, why not? And then people were like, oh, he's canceled. Oh, yeah, creep's not good. Oh, oh, he just ruined for me. It's like, so you only want people to be what you're about and nothing else. Yeah. It can't be different. Nope. Like, by no, no means do I no. think. They can't ever disagree with me. By no means do I think uh, Mark Duplass is, is just like Ben Shapiro and they're they're fucking have shitty voices and they bitch about all these stupid ass things. It's like, no, he, I think he was genuinely coming for something. It's like, Hey, even though it might be different, you know, just hear him out to see what you would say. But no, apparently it's nope. Canceled. Oh, he's not, you know, Oh, he's not my favorite movies that were really good. Oh no, they were the worst. Oh yeah. I'm never going to watch the league again. Like, you know, he's so horrible. It's like, that's wow. And that's, that's and, and I feel like that's more of, what people are getting out of this this like new wave of um, confrontation than actually, you mean solving the problem? Yeah, like <laughs> where where yeah, people are coming out and saying this stuff, right? But no one's willing to say like, well, how did this happen? What occurred? Whatever. It's just, oh well, that's that. Whatever. Blah blah blah. Right? Yeah, boycott <clears throat> them. Boycott yeah. them. And and that is really shitty because I feel like that just that ruins it for everybody where people can't take one side serious or the other because even though there might be a serious issue, it just looks it's looked at as like, oh well, they're they're a part of this, so oh that's all wrong and it's like, No, why don't you look into it? It actually something that Yeah, it's kinda like I I'd like to hear your argument, but your argument is that well I didn't like it or I don't like that and it's like but you're not arguing. You're just saying like what you don't like. And yeah. You can say that about a lot of things. Yeah. Like 
not just with like politics, but also like we talk about a lot with like fandom. They're just they are so blinded by like, well, it's either you got to be that or you got to be this. Either you like the movie or you hate the movie. Yeah, you can't you can't be in the middle. You can't side with like oh you, can't, you know you can't be judgmental of a movie but still like it. Yeah, because that that doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel like this is just kind of what's happening. Like in modern day times, and that it's not the whole story, and I wish that everyone would get the whole story. It's not just with Roseanne, it's not just with uh, a James Franco, it's not with you know any of these people happening now, just in, in general. So, um, I don't know, I guess, like I said, I'm more interested in seeing what happens in a couple years to see how all this stuff comes out. see you know, how everything's treated, you know, yeah. later on in life. But, yeah, I, I don't know. You guys can always check us out on uh, Instagram at I, and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter at INTB underscore podcast. And you can, if you guys have any recommendations for movies or you want to just yell at us and say how we're horrible, awful people and you wish you could dig up dirt on us, um, come at me, bro. Uh, you can always message us at intbpodcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you guys for listening, like thank always. You. And uh, I guess until then, remember, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah.